You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Rachel. So I know that you have dabbled in cryptozoology. Ooh, yes, cryptozoology. The study of hidden animals, technically, I guess you'd say. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of critters that fall I mean, cri- in this. Literally what cryptic, cryptid means hidden, right? right. So. And but, you're, but mostly it's like Bigfoot, stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So this is actually one, our first October episode of this year. Ooh, yeah, it is. So I have to start I off. Got, I got something pretty weird. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Same. I have to start us off in spooky season right Without further ado, I want to talk about jackalopes. Yes! <laughs> oh, I am so excited. I, jackalopes are fantastic. I, are I, they so cool? I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about papillomaviruses pretty soon. This is exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, then there you go. So a topic near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. So it, for those of you who don't know, jackalope have become really iconic in American folklore, especially in the the West. Like, think Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, is really where it's centralized. Places you have jackrabbits. Exactly. If you don't know what that is, it is a jackrabbit, which is an especially large rabbit with longer legs, with really long, big ears, and they have antelope horns on their head. Which well, that's what a jackalope is, right? This not is what, a, what a jackalope just is. A jackrabbit, yeah, jackrabbit. I thought you were describing first, but like, no, no, no. Hey, jackalope. There's the jackrabbit, is everything you first described, and then once you put antlers on there, then it's a jackalope. jackalope which I'm going to digress yeah, yeah. for a second. In North America, we don't have ant- we don't have antelope. We have pronghorn. We do not have antelope. Yeah. People call them antelope. They are not antelope. They're actually closer related to giraffes than they are to antelopes. So awesome. They are I pronghorn. Love that kind of fact. <laughs> anyway, and pronghorn are very cool. Pronghorn well, I think are we're very getting cool. there. People are slowly starting to call them pronghorn antelope. But if we can just drop it, okay, now we'll just, just drop call the antelope part. Pronghorn, yeah. Especially since like where the deer and the pronghorn play. Beautiful. Especially it's funny you mentioned Thank deer you. because. People often use deer antlers in imagery of depicting a jackalope. True. They do not use True. pronghorn. Which is even more confusing. Which is just even worse, right? Now, the history of a jackalope right. is actually a lot uh, is a lot early is a lot like closer to now than I was expecting. Uh, when okay. I was doing some of the so it's research, more recent, it's uh, more recent myth? than I was expecting. Thank you. I forgot the word recent. The word recent. Yeah. yeah, that happens. Yeah. Every once in a while, you just forget <laughs> a word. It's like, I'm just going to walk around it. And 
part of it, it happened to me recently. Yeah, well, as long as it's not just me. A lot of it is originated into a 1932 hunting outing um, in Douglas, Wyoming. Uh, There was a man and his brother. That's more recent than I was thinking, too. Right? It's 1932. And they actually went to... These two brothers, uh, it was Douglas Herrick and his brother. They had studied taxidermy as teenagers as you do as teenagers i guess and they went for jackrabbits like you do yeah and they ended up they they went hunting for jackrabbits and they went to a store and they started to like pass or they like tossed the rabbit onto the counter or whatever and it was near some deer antlers and like oh well that's funny and they came up with the idea of a jackalope. They combined the antlers with that. Wow, that's how it came about? Yes. And they put it together and they sold it. Interesting. For $10. Steal. And it uh, it was displayed in a hotel for a long time until it was stolen in 1977. Anyway, so because... But people thought it was a legitimate thing for a while. And because they thought it was a real thing, it kind of has spread amongst American culture. Obviously, it's not yeah, real. Man, I thought it went. I assumed it was something that went like way, like back to the eighteen hundreds. No, and that this was um, uh, what do you call it? Like something people hit, like a, a tall tale of a, of a wild creature that was seen. Mm-hmm. But it's just purely a couple of guys going, "Hey, this would be fun. Let's you know, right. screw with people." Well, I mean it. That's fantastic. There is that. But it also spread across. It didn't just stay in Wyoming, right? It went into South Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. It went all the way into Minnesota and Wisconsin. There are even thoughts that of similar, there are records of similar creatures being found in, even in Europe, way earlier. So even though they came up with the idea of what a jackalope is, it didn't become, sure. it wasn't a it wasn't entirely just in the Americas. But you mentioned tall tales and they are really embedded in uh, tall tales, especially with the idea that they're going to gore you and they're like really dangerous creatures and everything like that. Really risky. You got to make sure that uh, you are careful if you're hunting uh, apparently, one of the ways to catch a jackalope is to entice it with whiskey, which is absolutely hilarious. Oh, my. Uh, and that the jackalope is able to mimic the human voice, according to legend, which is funny because it really wasn't a legend before the 1930s, right? Anyway, I'm digressing because we all know that <laughs> jackalopes aren't real, right? Or do we, Rachel? Or do we, Kirk? Yes. Jackalopes, technically speaking, aren't aren't real. But they do have, uh, they are 
it is a it is something that happens i looked up images of this by the way kirk and it is absolutely horrifying this is the worst thing i've ever looked this is not the worst thing i've yeah, ever looked up where you're going but is, it's, is it's really bad so yeah, it's not great rabbits uh mm-hmm. jack rabbits snowshoe hares which i live where there are snowshoe hares and i haven't seen this and i'm really happy i haven't because i would be horrified and just rabbits in general right. they can be infected with this virus that is called the Shoop Papilloma Virus or SPV. Yeah. I should have known you knew about this, Kirk. Is it Shoop's Papilloma? Shoop Papilloma. And what happens is it causes growths on a rabbit's face, which oftentimes sure does. resemble horns. And the interesting thing is this is a like hard like really hard growths. They're black, kind of waxy, and they protrude just from their face and their neck. They don't go on any other part of their body. Ugh. Yeah, it's which is it's it's really something wild. And because it's such a long, um, this is a papillomavirus, so they're able to. This is something we deal with as humans, right? Papillomaviruses are pretty commonly transferred from person to person. They're really easy. That's where cold sores come from, right? Same kind of thing. It's what, I mean, it's what HPV is. Exactly. So it's really easy to transmit from rabbit to rabbit as well. So because, but it is pretty widespread. So there's another cryptid called the Wolpertinger. Which is in <laughs> the Wolpertinger? Wolpertinger. That's fun. <laughs> it is an animal. Wolpertinger. It is. Uh, oh my god! It is an animal in the forests of southern Germany, and I'm looking at a picture, Kirk, and it is wild. It is a rabbit with horns, and okay, it looks like pheasant wings. It's like a jackalope with wings. Awesome. It's so fun. Oh, yeah, I've seen one of those, I think. Now you say it. And not not for real listeners. Um, like I, I when I was looking uh at some pictures of jackalopes, actually, I saw one where someone had put duck wings like growing out of its back. And I assumed that they were trying to make one of these things. Uh and that actually stories and illustrations of horned rabbits have been found all the way back in 1665. So like it's We've seen them around. The, there's one particular... I was talking earlier about like jackalopes. They're, the one that we think about is called the Douglas variant, and that is from the 1930s. We have had them since... that. We've had them before as well, but they were really became more iconic later uh, in time than we expected. So it is a papillomavirus where what happens is mm-hmm. the rabbits are the rabbits or the hares contract this virus oftentimes either by ticks or mosquitoes or even contact with other infected rabbits and they get bit on their less furry less fur covered areas of their body okay all right so like their eyes their their chin their mouth their ears and that's where the growth starts. Interesting. Now, oftentimes, rabbits are able to fight off this virus. Uh, it's just like how we cold sores can go away and everything. Oh, okay. Uh, and 
they can fight it off and it can reoccur and things like that is not especially deadly to the rabbit. However, if you do see a rabbit with these growths, you can also, if you can catch it, I guess, you could bring it into a vet and they will remove the growths and everything for the rabbit so that way they are like able to survive because sometimes it can impact their their vision or how they eat and things like that. But it is a hard growth. Oh, yeah. You basically have like horns growing out of your face uncontrollably in strange directions. Exactly. That's not ideal. It, it's, not, it's not the best, right? <laughs> I think, you know, where I became familiar, maybe even simultaneously with jackalopes and this papillomavirus was when I was a kid at the Science Museum of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. As you stood in line for the big... Uh, Omni IMAX mm, theater. Mm-hmm. There was this long hallway that stretched down over a um, uh, uh, skyway mm. above above traffic into another building, right. which is the second building the museum was in. And there was some like right before the skyway. Remember, there was a a window, like a, a a display you would come by and see this little window display as you're waiting in line for the theater. Right. And there was, I if I recall correctly, a jackalope that they had mounted in there. Uh, that was obviously, you know, a fake taxidermied right. one. But then they had the story of the jackalope. And then next to it, they have an actual taxidermied head of a jackrabbit that had these papilloma hard growths that were growing out of its uh, skin. So they had both sort of like the the real version of the legend side by side. And I remember sta- staring at that every time I went to the mm-hmm. museum and went to go see one of the uh, the big movies. That's so cool. That's wild. Yeah, so it's a type of... So if you see a rabbit that looks like a jackalope out in the wild, it is not a jackalope. It is a rabbit dealing with a papillomavirus. <laughs> God, Charles, like, where is she going with this? It's not a rabbit. I'm like, wait. If you see a rabbit in the wild, it's, it's not, not a, a jackalope, is what I said. If you see a jackalope, jackalope. in the wild, yeah. It's yeah. not. I, I thought you said if you see a, a jackrabbit, I think my brain translated it to jackrabbit. So it's not, I thought you said if you see a jackrabbit <laughs> in the wild, it's okay. not a jackrabbit. I used like, to wait, live where what? there were a lot more jackrabbits, and those things scare the crap out of True. me. They are much bigger than I think that they should be. Uh, fair. But. And if I saw one of those with a papilloma, the papillomavirus, like horns, I would run the other direction personally. It, yeah. No, it's pretty yeah. spooky. So, what a great uh, topic yeah. for October. Yeah, so that is what I have for us this week. My uh, sources were Wikipedia, a US Today article about a rabbit with horns, why some of these critters look like real-life jackalopes. Uh, and then I also yes. used the Colorado Parks and Wildlife had a really great article as well. So uh, I will also just state humans can't get this virus from contact with infected rabbits. I feel like I need to say this. Well, good. It's not transmittable between humans. Yay. So we got that. Yay. Going for us. So we're going to take a break. And when we return, it'll be Kirk. Okay, Rachel, this week I'm headed to a familiar place. I am swerving into your lane and heading into 
the the deep ocean. ocean. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We have talked a few times on the show about deep sea hydrothermal vents and the weird life that can be found there, right? Well, we're headed back. (gasps) Yes. It's been a while since we've been to the ocean, or like not the ocean, but like the the hydrothermic the, vents, at least. It absolutely is. the 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 habitat of a deep sea a hydrothermal vent is, as we've mentioned, uh, pretty much as close as you can get to an alien ecosystem on Earth. I mean, they are mm-hmm. just absolutely kind of bonkers places. These are places, uh, essentially, cracks in the seafloor where underground water comes into contact with the Earth's mantle and it becomes superheated and saturated with dissolved minerals. Some of that water evaporates and the hot water mm-hmm. and gases are you know, forcefully rise up through the crack. And when it hits the cold, deep water of the ocean, uh, some of the minerals can precipitate out. And the minerals in question are mostly sulfides. And the precipitating sulfides can harden over time into uh, smoke, like smokestacks, essentially. Um, right. And the kind we're most interested in today are called black smokers. It's sort of like a smokestack <laughs> with this billowy cloud of stuff shooting out of the top. Very cool looking. Okay. And these these are found at the very deep depth, um, but that doesn't stop life from flourishing uh, near them, right? So right. You, you might imagine that there's some pretty strange life living there. And this week, I want to talk about an animal that should actually be pretty familiar to you. Um, I'm assuming, or t- I'm assuming everyone listening has heard of this. I'm talking about the humble snail. Oh, a snail. Snails, right? Pretty simple. You're like, not that's not I'm, a super weird creature, right? I don't know. Okay. You say this, Kirk, but I understand this what like happens in the ocean. This is like that natural thing where like, this isn't weird, but it's actually snails are completely bizarre. Just They're around, absolutely right? yeah. bizarre. But also, I, I hear you saying this and I'm like, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop, Kirk. <laughs> Because I know, like, you wouldn't just talk about a snail, like a garden snail. No, no, no. We're, we're, you know, that's why I started talking about the, the hydrothermal vents. Like, we're, we're getting somewhere. Right. I just want to kind of let everyone know, though, that snails go way back in the history of the Earth. Uh, we can easily say they have been around for 500 million years. Like, they may be even older than that there's some debate about like, right. well, can we really say this is a s- snail yet or when but we can safely say half a billion years right so mm-hmm. that's a long time i'll say wildly the the indian ocean where the particular snails i'm going to be talking about come from is only 80 million years old oh only so the, the Freaking Indian Ocean is only 80 million years old. The The oldest ocean we have on, on Earth right now is the Pacific Ocean. Obviously, there was oceans before that. But right. as it has existed and kind of, you know, something that would recognize as the current form, the Pacific Ocean is only 200 million years old. So snails are more than double the age of our oldest current ocean. So like <laughs> snails have been around for a long time is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and half a billion years is a long time to diversify, and snails have adapted to many environments. They're found in nearly all habitats on land and water, and they come in a dizzying variety. Uh, gastropods, which is like the scientific name for the class that snails and slugs uh, are in, is actually second to only insects when it comes to numbers of species on Earth. So, wow, snails, good job, snails. You're you're kicking butt. Yeah. Kicking, snails, taking names. 
I don't know if they really have that ability, but uh, the snails <laughs> we're interested in today uh, are found in the Indian Ocean, uh, as I said, and they're found about 2,400 to 2,900 meters. That's 1.5 to 1.8 miles deep underwater. That's a lot of Rachel's. Which is uh, it's really deep. Um, this is well below the level where light even reaches. So these creatures spend their lives in complete darkness. We're talking today about the volcano snail. Ooh. Which is such a cool name. I just That's want to a talk great about it because it's called a volcano <laughs> snail, which is super, super cool. It looks, uh, this snail, uh, at least size and shape wise, pretty much like what you would expect like a snail to look like. So basically picture a generic snail in your head. You got it? I have it. It's there. There you go. You, 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 congratulations. You got the shape of this volcano snail correctly. Amazing. Uh, volcano snail does have one wild feature though, owing to the fact that it lives next to these hydrothermal vents that are spewing out large amounts of sulfides. Uh, mm-hmm. The sulfides themselves end up being incorporated into the body of the snails. Huh. Okay. Woo. I can tell by the huh in your voice. You're like, Kirka, why is that cool? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I like, kind I of know why it. that's cool, but explain it to everyone else. <laughs> oh, you, you know why, but I'll, I'll explain it to everyone else. Well, uh, I kind of get it of because like, it, it's hard for like some of the sulfides and things like that. Like that, there could be very deadly, right? Like they're like, not good it's to not consume. That, well, but here's the deal. The most common sulfide coming out of the black smokers is a mix of iron and sulfide called iron sulfide. And oh, one wow. version of this you might be familiar with is iron pyrite or fool's mm. gold. <gasps> Are they shiny? So the volcano shell snail has a shell essentially made of shiny metal. Oh, now, cool. I, I I don't think, uh, to be fair, most of it is not iron pyrite, uh, although it is present. Uh, it sounds like it's, let's see here, the most common type of sulfide incorporated is called grayagite. So unfortunately, uh, from what I could see, these snails are not like completely shiny golden, which would just be... That would be amazing. Oh, chef's kiss of the, oh, uh, like beautiful. so cool. Mwah. But it sounds like they are still like a um a shiny almost like a gunmetal color or if you've seen like hematite like natural hematite where it's all mm. shiny uh, or, mm-hmm. po- or like a polished hematite stone from a gift shop or something uh right. that is kind of more what they look like and that's really like they basically have metal incorporated into their shells i mean how freaking cool is that that is really cool i i, I do think wild. that's cool enough but it does it's not, it does get weirder. Oh, good. It's not quite so to our I've level. I've been calling it the vol- Yeah, I've been calling it the volcano snail because it's a pretty awesome common name. But of course, common names are somewhat rubbish and you can just make one up whenever you feel like it. Like I could mm-hmm. call it Captain Nemo's treasure orb snail. And technically I'd be correct. Except Amazing. that I like like I just made that up and so no one would have any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, scientists though use scientific names which are universally accepted. Uh, so right. we all agree with spe- we all can all agree on exactly what species we're talking about. So whew, here we go. Uh, this species is 
Chirosomalon squamiferum. And Chirosomalon means golden hair. And I think that's a reference to like the fool's gold, like a little bit of streaks that can be in their yeah. shell. But the rest of the scientific name actually gives us a clue uh, to the more uh, common, common name. <laughs> the right. one that's more common than volcano snail. So squamiferum means scale bearing. And the most commonly used common name in English for the snail is the scaly foot gastropod. So if you think about that snail you pictured at the beginning, right? You probably pictured something like Gary from SpongeBob, right? Right. A big spiral shell sitting atop a fleshy foot, like a protrusion at the bottom. And this fleshy protrusion is how gastropods get their name. It basically means stomach foot. Mm -hmm. But uh, the snails, this picker snail seems to be unique in that the entire foot, I don't think the bottom surface, but like all the sides that kind of stick out, the lower mm -hmm. fleshy bit, if you prefer, um, is covered in what looks like hard metal scales. Uh, and okay. if you can picture like the armor you'd see in a fantasy movie of like dragon scale or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty much what this animal has. It doesn't lay quite as nice as like snake scales or like presumably dragon scales or something. But it it definitely are the, all these little protrusions that come out that are like metal spiky things sticking out of their side. Right. And keep in mind, this is like the outer layer of this of this is literally made out of metal. So it's like they're wearing metal armor over their That's whole body. Wild. Dang. Okay. It's one of the coolest things I've heard. And so, uh, and the pictures are really cool. You can look it up too online, but they, you know, it's this kind of shiny shell. And then this cross between like punk jewelry and heavy armor is covering the whole lower part of their body. That is really cool. They don't have to look it up online. They can find it on our Instagram there you go. Check out our Instagram, folks. Um, so this is a very rare and endangered species because the areas mm. we know it can live are very small. I think I probably picture like hydrothermal vent areas as being these huge expansive areas. They call them fields. Right. So I picture this like miles and miles of this crack, you know, under. And that, apparently that's totally wrong. They're oh, really okay. tiny. Uh Oh. One of the hydrothermal vent areas that uh, was described, which is a well-known one, is only 160 feet by 160 feet square. Oh. So very tiny. Uh, huh. And the snails are found in several different of these fields. But get this, the entire known population areas all combined by one estimate is no larger than one-fifth of a football field. What? Really? That we know of on the whole face of the earth, these animals only live in the size of one fifth of a football field that's been chopped into several pieces and moved, you know, I think like hundreds of miles away from each other. One's, I want to say, in like India and one's, I believe, in uh, near China. Wow. So like very, very tiny areas on earth, which is bonkers that's crazy. Now you think, well, that's, we could find some other places i don't know we've discovered every single you know hydrothermal vent area but and hopefully we'd find more of these at those as well but right, this makes but it a very delicate what? population yeah and kind of bad news two of the areas where they're found are currently under lease for deep sea mining consideration uh, because there's a lot of valuable minerals that get spewed out of these vents and stuff and they can come and do, you know, seabed mining 
and get a lot of money for stuff potentially. Uh-huh. So uh, these entire, I mean, you can imagine it wouldn't take long to mine off one fifth of a football field. And so their habitat could be potentially completely destroyed uh, if this goes through. So the mining has not happened. Hopefully it won't. Good. Uh, but it's, yikes. It's kind of, it's kind of sucks to learn about like a really cool animal and find out how rare it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it was so special. I wanted to share it with everyone because that's check amazing. This thing out. Look at the photos. It is it is bizarre looking. It's really so cool. With cool. That <laughs> I share a planet with that thing. That is so cool. Well, that's what we got this week, Rachel. That's so cool. Couple of, oh, a couple of weird things. Yeah, we we're full of weird things, Kirk. We knew this. That's kind of what we do. Kind of what yeah. we do. We're gonna be back uh, next week. You know who's gonna mm-hmm. be with us next week? <gasps> Victoria. Victoria will be back, of course, and uh, yeah. looking forward to the Halloween episode coming up as well. Got to find Ooh, some extra spooky, strange, spooky. spooky topics. Yeah, looking oh, forward it's to it. Be good. I will be seeing everybody soon. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of The Strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace The Strange. You could also uh, it call looks. it You could also call it a volcanoe snail. Said you could, you don't have to, obviously. I'm not sure I even get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, canoe like volcanoe see? like a canoe you paddle? Yeah. <laughs> so like a canoe really like bad. you paddle. <laughs> but with the uh-huh. V O L I never said it was a good joke. To to get to the hydrothermal vent or what are we, where are we going <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, you're going right. to canoe down to the vent. <clears throat> <laughs> Just Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean style with the air bubbles. Flip it over and <laughs> yeah, and you're in the pirate upside down. Where anyway. is this gone? My gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>